Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode 138 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration dating up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of autism, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, he is my best friend at the end of the world, Mr. Travis White. And Travis, how fitting, how appropriate during this pandemic, during this crisis, I feel like Judgment Day may just be upon us as we cover <laughs> Judgment Day 2008. What do you think about that? It may be, man. It may be upon us. How apropos. It seems like this podcast always has just things just line up for us, to, you know. In, in the world and on the podcast it's just crazy how it works out but again I cannot overstate how uh, lucky we got to meet Taker when we did because literally the next day the world fell apart so it's just like well really really uh, excited about that and as we record this it's his birthday so happy belated birthday Undertaker yes happy 55th <laughs> birthday to the Undertaker and you are exactly right man as the weeks go by and as the world continues to just fall apart. It becomes more and more unbelievable that we were able to meet the Undertaker at the time that we did, <laughs> in the place that we did. Just unbelievable timing, man. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we are covering Judgment Day 2008. We are picking back up on the never-ending storyline of The Undertaker versus Edge as they face off here for the third time in 2008. And uh, we'll continue that on. We'll, we'll dig deeper into their storyline. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening last week as we took a little break from that and gave you a, sort of a bonus episode, a watch-along episode for you to watch along during your pandemic quarantine, your coronavirus quarantine. Covered Royal Rumble 1993 and uh, finished up all our loose ends as far as the early days of the Royal Rumble go. And you know what? Anytime we watch Giant Gonzalez, it makes me thankful for whatever we're going through now. No matter how many times we have to see Undertaker and Edge, which is always yeah. good. Undertaker yeah. and Edge, they're always good matches, but it, you know it can kind of get a little tedious watching the same thing over and over again. But at least it's not Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, at least not a big naked man in a hairy suit. So that's good. <laughs> well... Like I said, we are picking back up, so we'll, we'll go back to our storyline where we were two weeks ago, where we pick up after Backlash 2008, The Undertaker defeated Edge for the second month in a row using his devastating chokehold, that deadly submission as it's been known over the past few weeks, <laughs> yeah. forcing Edge to bleed out of his mouth and tap out there and Edge to be stretchered off. And that submission hold is going to be at the center of this storyline as we take our time traveling hearse back to May of 2008. Travis, why don't you lead us off here tonight? Yeah, so SmackDown May 2nd, 08, we got uh, the assistant uh, to the general manager. Teddy Long comes out and opens up the show and tells us that tonight we got a big show ahead of us. We got the tag titles on the line, of course, because it's Teddy Long. We got the U.S. title on the line and the world title all be defended tonight. So, um... 
we see a highlight later on um, of The Undertaker's victims of that, like you said, that quote-unquote lethal submission hold that he debuted back in January. And um, see his victims over the weeks, and Michael Cole again continues to talk about how he's adapted over the years and changed his style, and he's got a younger younger breed in there now, so he's trying to catch up with him and, and, and hang in there with him. So highlights of backlash of Taker holding that hold on after the match is finished and Edge being stretchered away. And, you know, it occurred to me just now, like, it's this it's January and when he started this. this. We're in May. It's been, like, almost five months total. How do they not name the move yet? Like, yes. like, why is it that hard to come up with like a pun of like the Undertaker's name? Like, I don't know, man. Like Tombstone, Chokeslam, Last Ride. Like, those aren't that like novel of a concept. Like, how come it took five months to come up with Hell's Gate, which we still hasn't is still not named here? You know, like I, I have no idea, man. Because <laughs> yeah, we know where it gets to, and I'm yeah. just sitting here waiting on it. Like, <laughs> they got nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like they had names. They have stupid names for wrestlers when they come in the the you know in the company. Like Steve yes. Austin always talks about how his name was like Chili McFreeze and stuff like that. Like they have these terrible names for him. And like even moves. I remember Jericho talks about how the you know they had all kinds of moves for his his, his lion tamer. They eventually named the Walls Jericho. How come? They just slept on this Undertaker move for five months. Like, well, doesn't I don't get it, it have a technical? Isn't it like a go-go, go-go plotter, plotter or something yeah. like that? Like they don't even yeah. call it that. They call it the Taker plotter or something. Yeah, the under. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, under plotter. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, they call it nothing. <laughs> just that lethal submission. So I don't know, man. But anyway, just it's weird. Like, but it's like that '70s show. Just that <laughs> yeah. lethal submission. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that reminds me of Mike Awesome and that '70s guy. Absolutely, one of my favorite, my favorite gimmicks of all time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, there's a lot of Undertaker crowds in the sign this night, man. You pointed out in your notes, and I noticed it too. A lot of fans, man. Lots you said you said a lot of Undertaker crowds in the sign. There's a lot of Undertaker crowds in the signs. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, it's late. Yeah, a lot of Undertaker signs in the crowd actually. So, yeah. Woo, man. Get them ahead. But anyway, yeah, it's good stuff here. So, um, you know, uh, the main event is Taker's supposed to be defending the world title against a great colleague. So, ugh. But, um, <sighs> and he actually comes out first, Undertaker does, which I thought was kind of weird, but it makes sense in two seconds. But Michael Cole mentions how this is the third title defense in one week. He had Batista last week on SmackDown, where he took that spine buster into the steel steps, I mm. believe. He defended against Edge at Backlash, and now he's supposed to defend against the great Khali. So it's a fighting champion, you know, Absolutely. for being a, yeah. what was he here? Just 12 years ago, so he's four, in his early 40s, you know, 43 years old here. So pretty fighting champion. But after Taker's entrance, we hear Edge's music, and he comes out. He comes out with Teddy and uh, Vicky, and Vicky says tonight, you know, there's actually not going to be a World Heavyweight Championship match. Um, for the past several months, Taker has injured superstars with his chokehold. And as you know, chokeholds are legal in the WWE. And she says that Taker has crushed the, I believe she says, Larnix. She does. <laughs> and you have also ruptured the Larnix of many superstars. Larnix, sir. Like, I don't know, man. She's, it's terrible. She mispronounces larynx horrifyingly. And, like, this is the tape show. They could have reshot it again, but they didn't. So, you crushed the larynx, which sounds like some kind of a Finley word. But 
anyway, so apparently he's been literally like crushing people's like throats, I guess. So we're right. supposed to believe. Um, it, I well, don't know. As Vicky crushes the English language, but I'll tell yeah, you what, exactly. Teddy Long's going to one up her here in a couple of weeks, though. He's gonna- oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He is. But so, yeah, she says he's ruptured the, the larynx of several wrestlers and she can't let this continue at all. It's her responsibility for the well-being of the superstars and the show. And she says what she's about to do and say has nothing to do with her fiance, which means, you know, it does. Mm-hmm. But from this moment on, the chokehold is banned. So she says if Undertaker ever uses that chokehold again, he'll have hell to pay, um, which I mean, it's going to be called Hell's Gate, so it's just like a toll, I guess. True. I mean, at I this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, oh, man. But she says. And since you have not shown any remorse on your actions, and since you have no concern over the people you have injured, and been under extreme pressure with the regulatory authorities. I regret to inform you that you have been stripped of the World Heavyweight Championship. Big boos from the crowd upon this, upon hearing this. So, oh, yeah. Major. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Major boos. Uh, and so she is telling him to walk up the ramp and surrender the title to her. And, of course, he just kind of eyes the title around his waist, takes it off, puts it on his shoulder. And she's like, all right, I'm going to send someone down there to get it from you. And the great colleague comes out. And I just wrote my notes that he still sucks. Like, I just <laughs> I, I just seeing him, is he sucks, man. I just don't. I never got into him. So, Nothing has changed in the past nothing. few months. It's terrible. It's terrible. But uh, he comes out and Taker, kind of a cool scene here, though. Like, Kali lumbers out and he gets in the ring and he and Taker stare down and Taker lays the belt down in front of him, almost just like daring Kali to, to cross it. And they kind of, they milked us for a long time, actually, yeah. like a really long time. But the cool part is that commentary is laying out for this whole thing. So really cool uh this is really cool. Gives it a little more. Um, I don't know if they'd have been chatting over it. It would have taken away from it. Gives it a little more importance and and sincerity uh, here as they're just kind of eyeing each other. And after a long while, uh, Kali kind of goes to reach for it and Taker just boosts him right in the face and locks him in that submission move. Um, Hawkins and Ryder sneak in there, grab the belt. Ryder actually puts it over his shoulder. For just a second, so which, um, as you pointed out in your notes, that's the closest he's ever going to get to doing that. So. <laughs> Never going to make it there on his own. Nope. So I love yeah. the guy, but not going to. Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, love that moment he had with the IC title at Mania a few years ago. Yes. It was great. Yeah, yeah. twenty-four hours with it. That's it. But um, yeah, closest he's ever going to get to holding that title. But um, and then uh. Taker's holding that hold on until Kali passes out, and then uh, he's bleeding from the mouth like always. And then Taker kind of looks at Vicky as Edge wheels her away, and um, as she's got the title in her lap, so they kind of scurry back to the back real quick, knowing that they just messed up. So, yeah, and 
you know, as we've talked about on here, we obviously were not watching during this time. Uh, as we've mentioned many times before, it's going to be a few more months before we got back into wrestling uh, since the passing of Chris Benoit. So uh, we didn't watch the storyline as it went down, but I would imagine this was pretty controversial at the time to strip The Undertaker of the world title. I would imagine a lot of the online fans probably hated this as it went down. Um that, that sort of stuff doesn't tend to go over well with the internet wrestling community. Um, but watching it back 12 years later, I thought this was really, really well done. Yeah. I thought it got Vicky and Edge over big time as heels. I mean, what did you think about it? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I'm, um, it definitely played his part in the story and it felt more like uh we mentioned m- weeks ago about like how some of this stuff feels attitude era ish this is something that would happen to steve austin you know in the russo era like they would have stripped him for doing something you know putting his hands on mcmahon or whatever it is so like i really feel a little bit more of that attitude era just kind of um anything can happen you know you didn't expect taker to get the title stripped of him uh so i really liked it i really enjoyed it yeah honestly Maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but this to me, this Vicky Undertaker Edge thing, this might be my favorite heel GM storyline since Vince and Austin. Like, there's been sure. so many of them, and you know, there's still more to come after this. But mm-hmm. man, it's I, I've just really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, me too. And I like where it's headed too. It's I like stuff. where it's headed too. Um, and I agree with you again completely. I thought Cole and Foley laying out during the whole segment was great. It just, you know, if you don't, sometimes it's better to just not say anything than to just talk over it and yeah, to add anything at all. So good job by them as we head into the next week of this on May 9th, 2008. Uh, we recap all the events of last week and then open the show with Vicky and Teddy rolling her out and edge by her side. And, uh, you know, since she couldn't say larynx last week, she has a prepared <laughs> statement this week and has a big long script that she's going to read off of, you know, they gave it to her backstage and she's like, yeah, I can't do that. So she just took it out. Like <laughs> yes. it was like, cause what, what you're about to cover, like what she, te- what she goes over is just something that, she should just probably just have said out in front of the, like there's no reason it had to be prepared. You know, like, it just, I don't know. It was just too much for her to remember. Probably. It, so. it is a lot of stuff here. It is a lot of yeah. stuff. So, uh, you know, she says she's being the insincere heel here saying the last seven days have been the hardest of her time as general <laughs> manager. Yeah. She didn't want to strip the undertaker of the title, but she had to. And there's going to be a new world champion crowned at judgment day in two weeks. So, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode here, folks. It's just a quick three-week build here. But in the interest of fairness, one of the people competing for the title of Judgment Day will be The Undertaker. So he's basically number one contender at, at this point. First seed. To the title. Yeah. Yes, first seed. Gets a bye <laughs> to the finals of this tournament. So tonight, we're going to have a championship chase where any former SmackDown or ECW world or United States champion will get to compete in this mini tournament here tonight. Uh, Great Khali will not be able to since he's still recovering from last week. And unfortunately, Edge is not medically cleared. So he's not going to be able to tonight. So that leaves us with 
Big Show, John Morrison, Finley, CM Punk, Chavo Guerrero, Tommy Dreamer, MVP, Kane, Matt Hardy, and Batista. So, yes, quite the lineup <laughs> there. Uh, those 10 guys will face off in random singles matches, and the winners will face off in an over-the-top challenge at the end of the night. Winner goes on to face The Undertaker at Judgment Day. Uh, so this is fun. You know, we've, we like, uh, we've both said we've liked the, uh, the beat the clock challenges on SmackDown because mm-hmm. it gives the whole night stakes. Uh, it yeah, allows you to tune in. This is the same idea. Yeah. I love it. Cause you know, there's going to be a story told over the whole night. I mean, you know, by the end of the night, you're going to have an answer for this. It just, again, this felt very attitude era ish, obviously not in execution, like the pushing the envelope or stuff, but just as far as a story being told here, we're going to have a one night tournament. It's not like King of the Ring. It's going to culminate in an over-the-top rope battle royal. And then just to see where it's headed, too. Like, it just really felt, I don't know, just it echoed the Attitude Era to me. And it lets you kind of tie a lot of storylines in together. It lets yeah. you tie a lot of guys in together. You, mean, you know Finley and Tommy Dreamer are not going to face The Undertaker oh, at Judgment dang. Day. But <laughs> it kind of gives, gives them a little boost. <laughs> lets them yeah. uh, pretend like that a little bit. So uh, just real quick. Uh, Matt Hardy pins CM Punk. A uh, bit of an upset, but of course CM Punk's going to go on to cash in the money in the bank in a couple weeks, so yeah. he's putting a lot of people over before we get to there. Uh, and Matt Hardy is the U.S. champ at that time, so mm-hmm. you know it's not that bad. Uh, MVP and Finley have a draw, uh, but both those guys are going to eventually get put in to that match. Uh, Batista pins John Morrison. Uh, Big Show sadly pins Tommy Dreamer to advance the Battle Royal. I know you're upset about that, Travis. I was, man. Oh, man. I I will say, though, Tommy Dreamer, of course he was wearing the Judgment Day (laughs) t-shirt. Of course he was. Without question. So good. The biggest shill for the company, Tommy Dreamer. And then Kane pins Chavo Guerrero in a WrestleMania rematch, and that'll be important next week on the show. Uh, And then in between all this, we get a fun segment where they actually interview some fans about what's going on between Vicky and Undertaker, her stripping him of the world title, asking if she was justified in stripping him of the title. Uh, And five out of the seven fans think Undertaker's getting screwed while two of them are on Vicky's side and say the Undertaker's chokehold should be illegal. Undertaker was just doing his move, the one in the championship at WrestleMania. She didn't want to use it. All she had to do was mention it. Just because he made up a good chokehold doesn't mean that he should be punished for making up a new move. Yes, Vicky was correct because it makes internal bleeding and it could damage the superstar's lungs forever. Yeah, they had been paid off. I don't know you think? who would say that. No, but it reminded me of like 94. 495 era type stuff when they would do this kind of stuff and you know interview those little goons out on the street and stuff like that or even like in the nitro nitro they would do this kind of stuff yeah uh, i i really dug doing this i don't do this anymore no it, it's fun it's, it's everything's like text different. or digital or hashtag yeah. i'm like dude this was like getting to the people man i liked it yeah and sometimes the people i don't know sometimes you don't want to see the people <laughs> Sometimes yeah, wrestling we were fans. at a convention with these people. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. God bless them. <laughs> Harg. Well, uh, <laughs> Pirate Pete. What is it? <laughs> oh, 
go check out our vlog on YouTube, folks. There's some, yes. some great footage in there uh, of our trip to New York. Anyway, main event for the night is a mini battle royal. Matt Hardy, MVP, Finley, Batista, Big Show, and Kane. Um, I think this was an Iron Man match, too, Travis, because this felt like it went for like an hour. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. This match dragged and dragged and dragged. Yeah, I think it was like 20 minutes by the time it's all over. Like, it's long, man. Yeah, they were eating up time. Finally comes down to Batista and the Big Show. And Batista does the does basically like the Chris Benoit spot uh, from mm-hmm. the 04 Royal Rumble. Flips Big Show out. And the bell rings, and he gets announced as the winner. But as he's raising his hand in victory, Teddy Long wheels Vicky out, and she's screaming. runs out makes a beeline for the ring and batista he's still standing on the apron from where he got big show eliminated Mm -hmm. and batista or edge runs in the ring and immediately spears batista off the apron and gets the win and i just thought that was such an epic heel move i absolutely loved it man yeah Really, that's the perfect heel move for the GM. Perfect heel move for Edge. He just got medically cleared like (laughs) six seconds before the match ended. Like, it is great. I loved it. Very money in the bank esque for Edge. Uh, Very reminiscent of that. You know, he is the ultimate opportunist, and this just adds to that. Uh, Get some nuclear heat from the crowd off of this. Uh, Really, really well done. They're eating it up, eating eating right out of their hands. And Edge is celebrating. He goes up back towards the entrance with Vicky. And all night long, the world title has been sitting in a glass case of emotion up <laughs> at the top of the ramp. Uh, and <laughs> as Edge is celebrating, a lightning bolt strikes that case. And it sets on fire. And we hear the Undertaker's music play as Edge and Vicky run away and the show goes off the air. So no Undertaker appearance tonight, but he's clearly got his eyes set on Edge. Well, he's in the boneyard getting ready. He's ready. <laughs> yeah, that's going to lead us to the next week of May 16th, uh, 2008. This is the go-home show for Judgment Day. So like you said, quick turnaround in between pay-per-views here. And um, we get a recap from last week and then uh, – Edge and La Familia come out to open the show. And as they come out, Ed, Tony Chimmel announces Edge as the next world heavyweight champion. So I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, probably paid him off to do that. It was kind of kind of cool. So I like that. But um, Mick Foley has just a great line. I just I can't not appreciate it. He says that last week's championship chase was an absolute farce, the way that Edge, you know, snuck in there and got it. And he says, good luck, Edge. Hey, <laughs> yeah, 
That's right up my alley right there, man. He's, he's coming for your crown. The dad <laughs> joke trying. king, man. <laughs> he's trying. I feel like Mick Foley's uh, definitely a dad joke guy. So I love think? it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a walking dad you joke. Think? <laughs> yeah. The walking uh, dad. <laughs> Good luck, Edge. May the farce be with you. It was oh, just man. too much, man. I love it. I was... I was I was dying. I love that we so, both wrote that down in our notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Both needed to talk about that. <laughs> yes, it needed to be stated. So, well, um, uh, Mick Foley also continues on and says, you know, I think Taker's done just fine for about twenty years without that finishing move. So, he actually brings up a good point that you know, Edge might need to have a better game plan because even though Taker may have only beat him with that the last two times. He's been beating people for 20 years with other moves, too. So sure. I thought that was pretty cool to bring up. So And we'll kind of see that in uh, the match we're about to have at the pay-per-view. So I mean, he um, beat Big Daddy V with a DDT like a month ago. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> Taking him back to the, the, to the 80s. <laughs> what, what if like, all of a sudden some guy's finishing move like in 2020 was like, the Ultimate Warriors finishing move. Like this little, little body splash. That'd be great. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, it's like all these guys at NXT doing like these triple credenza flippy flops, and then this one guy just comes out and does that. And like Absolutely. Pins people. That'd be great. Buddy Murphy just does a sleeper hold all of a sudden. Oh, man, we might as well just do, like, the rear naked choke because, like, Asuka does, Samoa Joe does, mm. and Shayna Baszler. They all three do the same exact move. So, And they all have three different names. They came up with three different names for that one move. They can't come up with one name for Taker's move. So, <laughs> They have more writers nowadays. That's true. Well, Edge says last week we witnessed an absolute medical miracle. He says, <laughs> you know, through – I just love it, man. He's just being such a jerk. He's like, you know, through rest – perseverance and hot green tea i was able to get clearance just in the nick of time to participate in this match last week and you know he says that um come sunday i'm gonna beat the undertaker and become the new world heavyweight champion you know again the undertaker has never defeated me unless he's using an illegal chokehold but that won't be the case on sunday because he can't use it and then teddy long comes out and, you know, it's his, his music hits, and he comes out strutting out to the ring, and he apologizes for being late. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm late here. And Vicky says she's been trying to get a hold of him all day. And he, he tells her that, well, the reason I'm late because I was in Stanford, Connecticut at WWE headquarters. And I was summoned there to meet with the board of directors about Vicky's, about your decision to strip the Undertaker of the title. He says that, you know, they were trying to get in touch with her the whole time, but uh, she kept blowing him off. And so he answered their questions to the best of his ability, including questions about their relationship, you know, their relationship with Edge that affects everything here on SmackDown. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Really throwing the uh, jabs there. So she um, and uh, he says that the board directors actually sent a letter and he opens up to read it. Miss Guerrero, in response to your recent actions as general manager of SmackDown, more specifically, involving your dubious decisions to strip The Undertaker of the World Heavyweight Championship, we, the board of directors of World Wrestling Entertainment, have decided to take disciplinary action against you. <laughs> it's, 
It's terrible, man. Dude. And then he, <laughs> he one ups Vicky Guerrero. Oh, man. yeah. Specifically and disciplinary action. So I don't know what's happening here. Did they just like misprint it when they typed it? I don't know. But anyway, he says, don't shoot the messenger. And then he looks back at his, his letter and he says, you know, they gave her a choice. Miss Guerrero, you have an option. Either compete in your first ever wrestling match tonight and keep your position. Or you can choose not to compete, at which time you will be removed effective immediately as the general manager of SmackDown. So, big stakes here. You either compete in a match or you lose your, you know, your uh, title as a general manager. So, and then Teddy kind of just looks at her and is like, you know, if you if you don't want to participate, you know, I know somebody who can step in, you know, do do just a fine job. So. She is just so mad. She's like, you know, over my dead body, are, are you, you know, are you going to, am I going to step down? You know, and it said, in fact, you're fired. And Teddy says, well, can't fire me because I quit. And he walks up the ramp and she's almost like, he, he took that, you know, the, um, he took the satisfaction of her getting able to fire him away from her. So she's even more mad. So she's kind of steaming in the ring when he walks away. He turns around on top of the ramp. He says, oh, yeah, by the way, I almost forgot. Your opponent tonight is The Undertaker. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah. How apropos his yes. last night on the scene. Gets to announce a Taker match. That's the last thing he's going to do <laughs> in official capacity. Yeah. I love it. I love uh, Daddy so much. Uh, this is so bizarre. Like, what if, what if the NFL decided to punish Bill Belichick, like, for doing – some for, for cheating Tom Brady. in some game <laughs> and they're like all right bill belichick your two choices are you can either compete as quarterback <laughs> in the super bowl or <laughs> or you're fired <laughs> what how does a company yeah. work like this yeah. your punishment is you have to wrestle <laughs> You're a female board, board director. Board you're a female manager of this organization. <laughs> you really got to throw all logic out you're, when you when you could when you turn the channel on. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. That's <laughs> great though. But yeah, you're it right. Is. I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, those are the only two options. <laughs> it's not like a penalty fee or anything. Like step down for a week or something. It's it's either wrestle or you give up your job. So it's like, okay. <laughs> But you know, it just the the ridiculousness of that makes it even more better. So it does, yeah. Of course, it's it more better a word. I don't even know if those are two words that go together. But anyway, later on backstage, Vicky, Edge, and Chavo are talking, and uh, they get interrupted by MVP and Finley and the Big Show over and over again. Like they keep, can, but Finley comes in and says, you know, he'd like some of that miraculous green tea because he might help Hornswoggle grow a little bit taller. So nice. <laughs> a little continuity there and. Big shows, you know, he says, you know, he was ready for Taker until they pulled that scam last week. And Vicky winds up placing MVP and a partner of his choosing, I believe, against the, against show and Philly later on in the night. And Chavo's like, wait a minute, back to what we were talking about. He's like, you know, why didn't you guys let me in on your little plan? You know, was I just a pawn in your scheme? And Vicky's basically, ah, it's not important right now. we got to focus on tonight and the match at hand tonight. So you can tell, planting a little seed of dissension there with right. and La Familia because Chavo was, you know, left out of the out of the game plan last week, you know, cause he was in that match. Um, did, uh, did you see the preview for the big show show? Uh, I haven't watched the visual preview, but I've heard him talk about it on podcasts and I tell you what, man, 
It's oh. as if this podcast drops, it'll be uh, three days later. I can't wait. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> Sign me up. That might have to be a side podcast. Episode <laughs> the big by show, episode show, recap. show. Yep. <laughs> the big show, show, show. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, I we, we'll talk about that. Woo. It's going to be great. Your kids and might love it. I don't know. It's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, I can't wait. You're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, well, um, golly, yeah, later on, Vicky addresses the camera backstage. She's talking straight to camera. She's you know, basically putting herself over as a role model and a strong woman in a man's world, you know, a man's business here. And she says, you know, tonight I'm not going to be able to uh, overrule the decision I can't cancel the match by the board of directors, but I can change it. So tonight it will be The Undertaker versus me, Vicky Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero, and Bam Neely, and Edge, and Kurt Hawkins, and Zack Ryder in a six-on-one handicap match. So, okay, then. Yeah, it's like really stack the deck against Taker here. So um, Later on, uh, for the main event, it's La Familiar comes out pushing – uh, Vicky down to the ring, and she's also she's rocking this Nike like <laughs> outfit. She's got like gunmetal green pants and a pink Nike hoodie, and I guess she's ready to work out or wrestle. And this is what she chooses to wrestle in. So apparently, she's never actually seen a wrestling match, even though her late husband was one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> well, she's not a wrestler. Know. She doesn't. She doesn't have her gear all made up. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just kidding, but it's a, it was definitely some gunmetal green capris. But it was. Um, well, as they're they're making their way down the ramp, Bam Neely and Chavo kind of stop halfway down the ramp, and Edge and Vicky are kind of frustrated uh, because Chavo and Bam just kind of look at him, kind of shake their heads, and walk to the back. So you know, Chavo was slided. These the seeds were planted earlier, so there's definitely dissension now in La Familia. So they leave, and. Uh, Edge and the Edge guys and Vicky. Now it's four on one. So they get in the ring. Uh, Foley's, or excuse me, Taker's music hits and Foley's, uh, Foley he has a little bit of sympathy for Vicky. He's like, you know, I almost feel sorry for Vicky Guerrero. Almost here. So, um, which is kind of great. So Taker comes out and he does not stop staring at Vicky the entire time. So he's just looking at her again. He plays his role so well, does just the great nuances. This match isn't much to write home about um he's basically trying to get to her the whole time that's the way but you know the three heels edge hawkins and Ryder, are basically trying to swarm him he's disposing of them real quickly but then they'll come back on him and just get on him and so um after a few minutes he winds up getting all of them out of the ring goes for vicky hawkins and Ryder come in he double choke slams them he walks over and actually grabs vicky by the throat and the crowd just blows up they're just so excited to get it see her get a choke slam, which you can't do nowadays, but back then it was perfect. So um, he uh, goes to choke slam her, basically, and Edge runs in and spears him. He grabs Vicky, and they scurry away as Hawkins, I think, grabs the wheelchair, gets it out of the ring, and they kind of back up the ramp. And as they're looking at him, at Taker, he does the throat slash, and they never really announce the winner of the match, I don't think, but... You know, a couple weeks ago, we had the uh, Jimmy Corderas just came over the announce table and told him who won the match. Like, That's right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody told us here. It just it just ends without like a definitive winner. But you know, I guess it's count out. Who knows? But you know, the point is, is that he almost got Vicky his hands on Vicky and got choke slammer. But you know, Edge got away real quick, so leads a uh, leads a little bit, uh, you know, of heat on Edge still going into this match at Judgment Day. So 
And that takes us into Judgment Day here. Uh, quick turnaround to May 18th. Oh, wait a second. Not May 19th. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was close. It was close. Ooh, that'd be raw the next night. What right. happened? <laughs> <laughs> From the Quest Center in Omaha. Somewhere in middle America. Getting right to the heart of matters. Oh. i tell you. This is the heart that matters more. These fans were excited tonight at this pay-per-view. Yeah, they Super were, Super excited. Really good crowd here tonight. Uh, I guess because they come once every, like, <laughs> two decades. I can't Omaha. remember See? another <laughs> Omaha pay-per-view, but no. uh, here we go. We're here, man. Uh, neither of us have ever seen this one before, Mm-mm. and uh, it's like a triple, really like a quadruple main event. They show... In the opening video package, they talk about Orton and Triple H, Cena and JBL, uh, Jericho and Michaels, and Taker and Edge all in this video package recapping everything here. Three of those matches are from Raw, by the way. Yep. Just to FYI. Yep. (laughs) Have you been watching the rest of SmackDown this past month? (laughs) Yeah. Not not a lot to write home about, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of my point. There's nothing else going on in SmackDown. For Edge and Taker. Yep. And that's why it's going to keep going here. But uh, we see a video package recap in the past month, and uh, they do a text poll, uh, AT&T mm. text poll, asking the fans who they think is going to win. And overwhelmingly, 85% of the people think Undertaker is going to defeat Edge tonight. They are not fooled by this storyline. But I will say, I do, again, I do enjoy this storyline with – the yeah. chokehold being banned kind of takes me back to the early days of Undertaker and Kane, where Undertaker kept saying he's not going to fight Kane. He's not going to yes. fight Kane. You're like denying the fans, some, telling them they can't have something they want. You're telling them they mm-hmm. can't have this chokehold. They've been building it up for months and months and months, and now they can't have it. So you're watching it the whole time wondering, all right, how is he going to get it in there? Because we know, like, oh, he's got to get it in, or how he's going to beat him otherwise. So, right, it just it adds a little something to it. It's it's basic, it's simple, it's old school, but I appreciate it. Oh yeah, me too. And it's exciting to see where the match is going to head because he can't use that. So he's going to have to be the Undertaker uh, and come up with some new stuff. So exactly. So Edge comes out first, and interestingly enough. No La Familia, no Vicky, no Edgeheads, no Chavo, no Bam, nobody out there. He's all alone. And we see that world title again in that glass case of emotion up there at the top of the ramp. (laughs) I I can see a little meme right now, just the title, just sitting there, glass case of emotion. Good stuff. But uh, Michael Cole says in the past the title has been vacated due to injury or something like that or given up. But it has never, ever been stripped from the champion. Which I just... That cannot possibly be right. Can it? It w- seems like is it. Is it right? But I can't I know WCW think... is dapping all the time. Sure. I can't name another time before this. But... Austin was never stripped of it? I can't think of one. Okay. I was thinking but at some be, point he, he yeah. lost it to... He won at WrestleMania 14. Then he lost it to Kane. And then he won it back the next night. And then how did he lose it the next time? Was it double pinned by Kane and Taker? Right. Or did he get it stripped? I can't. I just. I think I he was stripped of the Intercontinental title. Okay. But I don't know so if he ever the got world title. The world title. Maybe the, maybe he's right. He then. could be. 
It doesn't seem like know. it, but it could be. Yeah. Well, good for them for making it last yeah, that long know. without stripping. Because like I said, Dose they did it like every four <laughs> weeks. Like 99, 2000. So. But anyway. Well, as Edge is coming out, he sits in the ring. He's waiting on Taker to come out. They do that nice little pause in between those. And then finally, the bell tolls, the gong hits. Undertaker makes his way out. And this is a pretty cool set. They've got these big planets big orbs yeah. kind of at the uh, at the top of the entryway that also show video and light up and everything so that's another cool pay-per-view entrance for the undertaker as he makes his way out and the announcers point out again this main storyline that undertaker has only ever beaten edge with that choke so he's got to find another way to do that tonight and we again get those championship-style ring announcements with both guys in the ring. And uh, Undertaker weighs in at a slim and trim 299 pounds here tonight. Yeah, man. He's cutting some weight back in his older age, getting really slim and svelte, ready to take on these younger guys here. But, um, yeah, I just, man, I can't put over it. Like, everybody was on their feet when Taker's music hit. The whole Omaha was on, was on their feet. They just, again, probably hadn't seen him since he was uh, wearing the gray gloves and stuff. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'm so excited he's here. But um, like you said, they get the formal introductions. And then Michael Cole reminds us that, you know, last uh, May, um, Edge cashed in to defeat Taker and then had to relinquish the title later. So, you know, their stories have kind of been intertwined since then. And he says, fully says, that, you know, Edge knows how to get in Taker's head. So that's kind of what they're going to play off of here. And they, they start the match and kind of work, you know, Taker's kind of going after Edge, and Edge is um, kind of you know trying to to get away from him, and Taker winds up getting him and just shoves him to the outside, like through the through the ropes again, which I believe happened was it at WrestleMania or was it last week at Backlash or last month at Backlash? Yeah, they kind of blend together, but it definitely yeah. happened at some point. <laughs> they just shoves him straight through the ropes to the outside. So uh, they get back in the ring. Edge corners Taker, but Taker. Picks him up by the throat, reverses it, throws some soup bones at Edge, and Undertaker's dominating early on, as he often does, choking, stomping Edge on the ground. Uh, he boots him out of the ring, uh, tosses Edge into the ring post, tosses him back into the ring, and he starts to work over Edge's arm, and Michael Cole points out that he's trying to eliminate the spear from Edge's arsenal. So, good psychology here, starting things off. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to go up for old school for the first time in this match. And as he gets on the top rope, Edge is going to trip him and trips the leg. And Taker's going to crotch himself on the top rope. And I tell you what, man, Omaha was excited uh, for that uh, that old school. They were really thinking they're going to get it. So, and uh, uh, Taker winds up falling off the apron to the outside, and Edge gets on the apron and he's going to like jump off at Taker, do like a double axe handle, basically. Taker grabs him by the pants and just yanks him into the barricade, which is awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, dude. He is using his power against Edge here. But Edge, you know, he's going to counter a lot of stuff, as we've seen him mm -hmm. do in these previous matches. He reverses an Irish whip, sends Undertaker into the stairs, and Edge hops back in the ring, hits a baseball slide into Undertaker, and uh, Taker ends up getting back in the ring but falls for his kryptonite that we've seen over the past mm. few years. He goes for a running boot into the corner, but Edge ducks and Undertaker crotches himself and Edge gets a two count off of that. 
Yeah, and at this point, I wrote in my notes. I'm seeing a lot of edge signs in the crowd too. Like not as not as many as Taker, obviously, but like there are several. There's one right in the first or three first three or four rows that says like I came to see Edge, and a couple more behind the commentators and stuff. Like just a lot of a uh, lot of support for him, you know. Um, even though he's pretty much has no redeeming qualities, honestly, <laughs> as a character, you know, but I thought it was kind of neat to see that. Um, you don't see that too much with anybody that Taker's shooting against because he's usually a super duper over babyface. And it wasn't like the crowd's chanting for Edge or anything. It just, I just noticed that there were more signs than I remembered seeing. Um, again, maybe because Omaha hadn't seen Edge since 98. Could like, be. Who knows? Like, That's probably it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Well, Edge. Starts working over Undertaker's leg after that. Wraps his leg around the ring post. So Undertaker's been working Edge's arm. Edge mm-hmm. is working Taker's leg, trying to chop him down. And Mick Foley, I really like this note he said on commentary. He says, standing up on his on his feet, Undertaker is supernatural. But when you get him down on his back, he's just another man. Uh, so I thought that was a great just illustration of mm-hmm. uh, what Edge is trying to do here. He's just trying to take this phenom and turn him into anybody else by taking him down on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. They start trading punches in the ring and, um, uh, they, they're going to do the yeah, boo spot in just a minute here, but they're trading punches and they kind of boot each other and Taker falls back and edge gets on him and Taker tries to, he kind of goes for that choke real quickly, but Charles Robinson kind of reminds him, Hey, don't do that. And so he, he gives it up real quick because he doesn't want to be, I guess he'd be disqualified. I don't know. I guess he'd lose the match automatically. So yeah. Um, so Edge grabs the arm and he goes up for old school of his own and <laughs> massive heat here. And he's a little uh, he's a little ginger on his uh, try here. He's not used to walking the top rope here. But as he goes up there, Taker's gonna just give him back what he gave him earlier: sweep his leg out and crotch him on top rope. So I thought it was cool, like symmetry. Was it? Match. I think it was Gold Dust. Like way back in '96, yeah. that that did that for the first mm-hmm. time. You know, we've seen a lot of people do tombstones. Yeah, but rarely do people do old school. But so I, I appreciate that from Edge. Yeah, I did too. There, even though he does not connect, but uh, Edge and Taker they throw hands a few more times. Undertaker hits that flying clothesline and starts going on a roll. Moves to Doom, Stinger Splash, clothesline in the corner, choke slam into the corner. Which yeah. was something a little different. Picks Edge up, almost like a buckle bomb, and yeah. tosses Edge choke slam style into the corner. Big boot, and that gets a two count. And then Undertaker finally connects with old school. He's gonna keep going for it till he hits it. <laughs> yeah, it's the third time we've seen old school, and he finally gets it. Third time's a charm. So, twice for him, but you know, once with Edge there too. But yeah, he does old school. Hits it, goes for the or hit. Does the throat slash signaling that he's going to get the tombstone. Gets Edge up for the tombstone, but Hawkins and Ryder actually wind up distracting Charles Robinson. Edge slips over the back and hits that Edge-O-Matic sit-down reverse X-Factor, basically. And then he takes the turnbuckle pad off the top turnbuckle, which I think he did last month as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. A little callback to that match. I like when they're, they're kind of building off their old matches and, and, you know, little nods to their old previous matches. So while that's happening, Taker gets up. He goes for a last ride on Edge, but Edge wiggles out and hits that uh, Impaler DDT for a two count. Mm -hmm. Uh, Edge goes for a spear into the corner, but Undertaker sidesteps him. And then Undertaker picks up Edge and 
pulls a page out of Seth Rollins' book. It's a <laughs> buckle bomb into the corner. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen him do that. No, they called it a last ride in the corner, but yeah, it's like I've never, ever seen him do that. I don't think I've seen him do it since either. Like, that's <laughs> great, man. I love it. But, and uh, Foley and Michael Cole, I almost called him Coley. Foley and Coley. <laughs> Coley. They're, yeah, Coley. <laughs> Mick Coley. Yeah, anyway, they're uh, Mick Mike Coley. They're uh, putting over how, you know, he's hitting new versions of his old moves, like choke slamming into the, into the corner last right in the corner however his mistake was not to do he didn't do it into the exposed turnbuckle right. i thought he should have done that you know right here but he did not that would have made a lot more sense i don't yeah, rare mistake from the undertaker here yeah uh but he does pick up edge onto his shoulders he tries to hit snake eyes onto that exposed turnbuckle but edge counters out and slams taker into that turnbuckle and then edge makes the fatal flaw that we've seen so many oh, guys do over the years. He goes for those 10 punches in the corner. But, of course, Undertaker shoves him off. No last ride attempt off of it. But mm. uh, Edge runs at Taker, but Taker moves. Edge stops. Taker picks Edge up and hits Snake Eyes onto that exposed turnbuckle. So it does come into play there. Chekhov's turnbuckle. On it now. That is, yeah. That buckle. I love it. <laughs> well, that's a great name for wrestling school. Um, Let's start it up. Okay. Let's do it. But the cool part about that. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know. Okay. Let's say it could be. It sounds like a restaurant, I think. It does. Definitely a restaurant as well. With like a ring in the back. Of like course. You wrestle yeah. into. Like the wrestlers had to work there to like had to serve meals to like as part of their like training. It actually, so. or maybe it sounds like like an indie movie, like an Oscar movie. Chekhov's mm. Michael. It does. It probably win the like uh, Oscar for number one. Ten people saw it in the theater, but it win the Oscar. Exactly. That's how those movies are nowadays. But the cool part back back to the match here at Edge when he gets that snake eyes onto the exposed turnbuckle, he hits the ground because he's hit the, the steel ring there. And Taker kind of falls over, too. Uh, he's exhausted from, you know, being taken to the limit here and having to come up with new stuff against this guy, Edge. So they both wind up getting up at the eight count, and Taker's up, and he runs at Edge. And Edge just hits a spear at him out of nowhere. I'm not sure what Taker was going to do, just running at him like, bro. Edge just spears him. Edge is on the ground, and Undertaker starts yeah. running towards him. Yeah. I don't Taker's know what he was going for. I don't know, running elbow drop or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's to it. yeah. I forgot the edges on the ground there. So, but Taker kicks out at two, and when he does, when Omaha explodes, they love that near fall. It was great, and Taker's chance just echoing throughout the quest arena. Just yes, Taker, Taker. It just has a really good false finish. Really great heat here. Uh, Edge lays in some more shots. Edge and Taker, they get up. They're both kind of wobbling. They're both selling a lot here as they trade punches. Taker grabs a goozle, Edge fights out, Edge bounces off the ropes, and then he walks back into the choke slam. but Iron Taker is really slow to cover here, so it only gets two. Uh, yeah, Taker uh, boots him through the ropes, and they go out to the barricade, and Taker clotheslines him over the barricade and into the crowd. <laughs> like, just, again, felt like Attitude Era stuff, rolling in the crowd, you know? Goes right into the crowd, and Charles Robinson is counting. Both men are struggling to get over the barricade. They are slugging away at each other on the outside, and Edge gets on the apron at eight. 
But Taker actually, again, pulls him off and throws him against the barricade back first, and Taker rolls in at nine and wins the match at 16 minutes and 15 seconds. So Michael, or not Michael, Charles Robinson got to 10, Edge got counted out. So little Nate's going to give the world title to Taker. But wait a second. Before the Undertaker can be announced as champion... Vicky Guerrero gets wheeled out by Hawkins and Ryder, and dude, new clear heat yes. for Vicky Guerrero. She cannot even speak over this crowd. No. She has to stop and start so many times. This is like the first time we've seen that. Just yeah. incredible, incredible heat for her. I mean, she is trying to get words out and can't because they're so loud. I wrote massive Cornhusker heat, man. I don't know who's Wisconsin's <laughs> or who's Nebraska's. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, Wisconsin. It's yeah, like if Wisconsin right. came out or something, or like Ohio State, like you know, came out. Like they're just getting booed <laughs> out of the building. It's perfect. Yeah, it's just great. Like, she just can't. I I loved it because she can't get a word out. Or, and this uh, is so good. Minnesota, they're they're in there, right? Yeah, Turcos, so. Gophers. Yep. Yep. Uh, Well, she says it is common knowledge that a championship can only be won by pinfall or submission, not disqualification or countout. So, therefore, the world heavyweight title remains vacant, and The Undertaker has not won Mm. the title, even though he's won the match. So, Mm. frustrated, The Undertaker, he tosses the world title across the ring. He pulls the straps down. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's business time. (laughs) Yeah, and he just yanks Edge up from off the floor, <laughs> pulls him by his hair back into the ring, and just gives him a tombstone out of frustration. As Vicky is screaming, she stands up out of her wheelchair and calls Taker an sob. As Undertaker lets out his frustration at this, I love angry Taker tombstones. Those are my favorite. Yes. He's just getting back at somebody. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. He. uh he actually winds up kind of pushing the title to the edge of the apron with his foot, kind of just daring Vicky to come and get it. And um, Hawkins and Ryder wind up pulling Edge out of the ring, and Taker grabs the title, puts it in the middle as the crowd's cheering him on because they want to see him as the champion. They know he's been he got screwed by you know getting the title stripped from him, and now he's getting screwed again here. You know, not to mention getting screwed last year when Edge beat him for the title. So you know, um, 
he's got the I guess Edge and Vicky got the last laugh here, but um I just really like the psychology here. I like the storytelling. Uh in my opinion it's not as good as WrestleMania match because that's just WrestleMania and it was the first time, but I think I like it better than the backlash match. Um just because it was unique in that he couldn't use that chokehold, so you had to see him doing different things. So I really like it. I feel the same way. Yeah, I thought it was a great angle to keep this feud going. Uh, not up to the WrestleMania level, but definitely better than Backlash. And, God, these guys had the crowd in the palm of their hands. Yes. That added yes. to it a lot. And just Undertaker, you just see all those years of experience and the way that mm-hmm. he plays out the stuff after the match, too. The way right. that he elevates that and carries that. And I mean, he doesn't say a word. It's all mm. it's all performing from him. Exactly. And he gets across so much emotion and it takes his time with it. And I, I like too that it's a that it's a count out. So like Undertaker did get the win, but he didn't just pin or or make Edge tap out mm-hmm. and then she screwed him over. Like there's right. just enough justification exactly. where the heels can, can can actually say, Okay, he didn't actually pin me. Right. He didn't actually make me tap out. It was a count out. So it does justify them doing a rematch for the fourth time, which can be hard to do and make you actually see a reason for it. But all right, it, you know he really didn't pin him or make him tap out. It was just a count out. So you, you know, it's it's cheap heat, but it's not cheap heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You oh yeah. I mean? He's got he's got three wins over Edge here, but two of them are by quote unquote illegal choke, and one's by count out. So yeah. none of them are definitive. And they're not you know? definitive. Yes. In his mind, so that makes it's. Great storytelling. I love it. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff here. And again, to me, reminiscent of the Randy Orton storyline from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got to go back and watch all these matches together. Like, it's hard to pick out one match to just go yeah. back and watch. They they come together as this big overarching story. And so it's, it's fun to go back and watch that and pick those apart. So uh, we want to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, as this feud keeps rolling, 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 and our podcast does as well, on to the last ride. And they're gonna have a boneyard match oh, next month. We'll talk about that here in a second. But <laughs> Edge and Undertaker next month, they're gonna have a, if you can believe this, a TLC match. Oh, yes, sir. The Undertaker's first TLC match ever. I, I mean, wow. Last two, first and last, or all. First only, la- I don't can't remember if he's in another one. This is first and only, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be pretty wild next week on the show as we cover One Night Stand, two thousand eight, or Extreme Rules. I, I can't remember which one it is. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's maybe it's something. Might be both. I don't know. I think it's One Night, One Extreme Rules. One night Extreme stands. Stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know it people (laughs) never mind but uh we hope you join us for that so subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts you get that delivered to you leave us a rating uh uh, leave us a comment on there let us know what you thought about it watch it uh in your free time if you got some free time so you can uh enjoy it as we recap it here for you and be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and leave your comments on this match and on anything else there. Uh, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, anything out there, listen, subscribe, comment as well. Uh, we're tout. recording this a little early. Yep, tout it out if you want to. <laughs> TikTok it. 
I don't get that. <laughs> I'll never get it. <sighs> um, we're recording this a little early, so we don't have any of those comments to read, but we do love interacting with you folks out there. Uh, it's the best part of doing this podcast. Well, before we get out of here, folks, we got to talk about WrestleMania this weekend. Who knows if it's on Saturday or Sunday? I don't know which night yeah. <laughs> our main event is going to be because, of course, we're looking forward to this Boneyard match, another unique match to add to our Long, long list of stipulation matches that Undertaker <laughs> has competed in. and Probably going to be a one-off here, but man, I tell you what, I was on the fence about this WrestleMania. I still am in a lot of ways, as I've said on here, but I'm certainly intrigued and excited by this Boneyard match. I think if anything is going to fit this uh, fan-less WrestleMania the best way, I think it's going to be this Undertaker-AJ Styles deal. I think it's going to fit in well with whatever cinematic flair they decide sure. to give it. Uh, it's going to make the most sense, I guess. you got two real veterans who are going to be able to pull something like this off. And man, this promo from Monday night between by The Undertaker, if that didn't get you hyped up, I, I don't know if you got blood running through your veins. I remember I texted you immediately after one. I said, "Well, I'm sold. Like, I'm signing up for the boneyard match." Because I mean, we were joking last week about like, "What the heck's a boneyard match?" Like, come on, man. But like, I know you don't want to talk about buried alive and graveyard with this time we're living in. I understand, but like boneyard match, they can say first ever, whatever. But like, it's kind of hokey. But when you see what appears to be Mark Calloway or the big evil type character. Standing there using his shoot wife, Michelle McCool. That's not her real name, but that's what we all know her as. Like using her name. Um, that's the first time The Undertaker has ever been ad- admitted that that's his wife, you know, on screen as the character of The Undertaker. Um, and calling AJ Allen Jones, you know, breaking that fourth wall there. Um, and I love his comment about you just think you're so phenomenal, you've been, you're the best there is, or whatever. Like you, you waited 15 years after all the greats were here to show your face. I just love that little bit of, um, I don't know, the truth there that Taker had. It just this promo <clears throat> sold me on this match. I didn't, and I don't even care if it's hokey or not. And then, uh, well, I'll let you talk about what he, kind of what he says at the end about, I don't know, bring your, bring your pals to the OC with you. Well, he, he also. <laughs> He said his wife did AJ's finisher better than AJ does it. He did the faith breaker. Yeah, that was a deep cut there. But uh, which I, I remember, like, that. I remember when she did that back. Right. I was like, "That's the Styles Clash. Like, <laughs> you can't do that." But um, that's a nice little dig. It was, there. man. But it was. Did. If it if if we don't get Big Evil on this weekend, they are the biggest teases in the whole wide world. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's setting up so perfectly for that. There's been all these nods to it and he he said, I'll make you famous in mm-hmm. the promo and all that. So if he doesn't ride a bike into the boneyard, I I might I might turn the T V off me. I might be pissed off. I'll be I'll be fine <laughs> if he doesn't ride a bike, but it's, he's gotta be something different though. He he yeah, can't just yeah, come yeah. out in his hat and his cloak and and all that or looking like super shredder from uh you know those couple WrestleManias, he looked like Super Shredder hat. <laughs> but um, he might come out as the Tiger King from that video he posted well. on Instagram a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> what? What? He comes out with a mullet, Joe Exotic, <laughs> Mark Exotic. <laughs> That's his new gimmick. New gimmick Mark, Exotic. Mark Exotic. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Well, he did. You know, he did say uh, he was going to be bringing his unholy trinity with him to this boneyard match. So maybe he's going to bring a couple tigers out with maybe to he face will. off with the Gallows and Anderson. But that's the most intriguing thing to me, man. I, I'm wondering who he's talking about. Who do you think is in his unholy trinity that he's promising to bring with him? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, him and Big Show back in '99 were the, you know, unholy alliance, and then him and Kane. I don't know if he's bringing those two big guys with him, or if he's even bringing anybody, or if it's just, is it his different personas he's gonna oh, have? You know, who okay. knows? Could he be. could be bringing himself. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he's what he's doing here. Could but. be fist number one, fist number two. Could be. <laughs> like could be. Mike check one two. Joe Dirt style. <laughs> check, check, check. Yeah. Could be that. So um, maybe he's bringing uh, Lay Cool with him. So <laughs> his wife and, and Layla L. That's good. <laughs> that works. That you didn't works. think about that. I didn't did think you? about that one. <laughs> I know uh, personally for our podcast, uh, I, I'm hoping for Midian. I hope yes. Dennis Knight yeah. shows up. Maybe the and, Godfather. I was going to say, and our favorite, the Godfather. <laughs> Bone Street Crew, baby. Bo- Bo- BSK. BSK yeah. and the OC. Let's do it. Oh, Boneyard, Bone Street Crew. That'd be great. Oh, you just see, is, man. You just see, You just see Godfather dressed in like a black suit <laughs> with like a lead pipe, like hitting it in his hand like he's a villain from like a Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> like, Savio Vega, Henry Godwin. Oh, show up. <laughs> that'd be great, man. Oh, man. I won't be disappointed if he has nobody. I just, I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be fun, man. It's really going to be fun. Uh, between that, I think the Firefly Funhouse match, whatever it is, uh, the time of this recording, they haven't announced it officially yet, but like, that's going to be another one of these hokey yeah. kind of camera, you know, cinematic matches. I think it's going to be fun. You got to do what you got to do and you got no fans there, man. Just go all out WCW backstage assault and just have Damn. all the matches in these weird areas. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, just go with it. But we'll let's definitely talk it. about it on next week's show. We'll give our recap of it. And yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll try to get something out earlier, too, at least on our YouTube channel or something like that. Mm-hmm. We'll try to record something and get it up early because uh, this is, man, Taker's first WrestleMania in two years. Didn't yeah. do anything last year. So very, very interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Looking forward to it. So let us know what you guys thought, too. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, again, we've been saying it the past few weeks, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody affected by this, mm-hmm. which really is everybody. Everybody seems to be affected one way or another, whether you're working from home, whether you are got all your kids home with you and, and bugging you all the time, whether you've lost your job, whether you're sick, whether you're, someone in your family is sick, uh, whatever it may be, uh, we just want to try to entertain you for a little bit of time. Uh, and take your mind off of all of this uncertainty. Um, you know, I know everybody's finances are affected by this, so we just want to take your mind off of it for a little bit of time, and our, our thoughts and prayers mm-hmm. go out to everybody uh, amongst all this, and, and we're going to keep it going uh, and until things get back to normal. Yep, absolutely. And that's another thing wrestling is supposed to be an escape, too. I mean, it's just like a comic book or a movie, so I'm kind of glad WWE's not really acknowledging the coronavirus they're letting you take two or three hours to escape from it whereas aew kind of tacked it head on i don't disagree with that either you know i don't they did a great job they're pushing their blood and guts match back you know i agree with that there's that would be awful in front of empty arena some people are asking why 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 and why is this bogart match why not at this point <laughs> why not you know like seriously like, why not let's just try something like it's gonna take your mind off of it like i don't know i just 
be patient and let's see what happens and uh you know just enjoy the escapism of professional wrestling and what it offers us because it's the only live entertainment on television right now and they just ran what wrestlemania on espn the other weekend they're going to run it again i guess this weekend and you know there'll be wrestlemanias on this weekend it's just the fact that wrestlemania is on espn is blowing my brains right i'm a that's the only live entertainment or replays of WrestleMania. It's crazy, you know. So, it's just funny. But yeah, enjoy wrestling. If you were there at the Quest Center in Omaha, you're one of these uh, Cornhuskers there. We want to know how long it had been since the WWE had come with a big show like this. You know, um, it's, it sounds like you guys were a hot crowd that night. We loved hearing you guys. Um, what, what are your thoughts and memories of this? If you were there, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and as always. Take her easy. Hey, now, for the record, if you choose not to compete or if you choose to walk away from the job, then I know someone that is capable of handling it perfectly. <laughs> Over my dead body. You son of a... I cannot believe that you went behind my back. Teddy, you're fired. Vicky, you can't fire me. <laughs> and you want to know why? Because I quit. <laughs> Wow, a bombshell dropped by the board of directors here tonight. Vicky Guerrero must compete in her first match ever, or she's going to be relieved of her position as general manager. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Vicky, I almost forgot. Your opponent tonight is The Undertaker.